Welcome to the Know Your Rights podcast with Orlando attorneys Albert Bazzotti and Joel Osborne from the Bazzotti and Osborne Law Firm. Hello, everybody. We are here with the very first episode of the Know Your Rights podcast, and I am here with both lawyers for Bazzotti Osborne. I'm here first with Albert Bazzotti. Albert, say hello. How you doing, sir? Good. And Joel, Joel Osborne, if you can just say hello for us. How you guys doing today? Good. So we are here today to kind of go over uh, some of the potential issues you may find yourself in. And these two awesome lawyers at Bazzotti Osborne are volunteering their time to answer some questions you might have. So if you ever have any questions, you can feel free to email us. Uh, you can head to Bazzotti and Osborne at gmail.com or their website, BazzottiOsborne.com and send in any of your questions for this first episode. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about what to do when an officer looks to conduct a criminal investigation at your vehicle. So to paint a scenario, I'm driving home. Uh, I get pulled over. Lights light up behind me. You get that sinking feeling in your stomach. Oh, no. I pull over. I have had a couple of drinks at the bar. My team didn't win. I'm a little miserable. I'm driving home. Pull over. What do I do? Let's let the former uh, state attorney uh, start this you one. You want to start this one, Joe? Um, let's let the former state attorney. <laughs> this right, is let, your This is your. Uh, wheelhouse. Right, let's take this scenario that our host uh, put to us. I'm going to put you in the driver's seat, Joel. You're in the driver's seat. You've had, you're coming from, let's just say, uh, downtown Orlando. You were at, was some bar downtown. You had two drinks. You watched the magic lose. You had two beers. We're going to say two beers. You're driving home. Officers watching your driving pattern. You don't think you're doing anything wrong. Let's just say pulls you over you don't know what the reason is for some sort of traffic infraction get pulled over what's the first thing he does he comes to your car what's the first thing you do um, offer my license. He's going to ask for a license. I'm going to offer a license. He's going to, if he does have probable call, cause, uh, let's say he does smell the beers I've been drinking, the right. first thing he's going to ask to do is conduct um, field sobriety exercises, what they call FSEs, and uh, he's going to ask uh, me to complete an intoxicator, to, which, you know, as the breathalyzer. And you're jumping way too far into this <laughs> right now. Like, all right, let's start Let's from that first point. Let's just say he comes to your car, and you know how officers are. They're going to start... Like, it's late at night. It's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. You're driving home, and he's going to have his flashlight most likely, right? Right in my eyes. Right in your eyes. Why does he have that flashlight on in your eyes? The first thing he's wanting to do is he's going to see the dilation of my pupils. These officers and where we're at, we practice in Orange and Seminole County. These officers are very well trained. They have been trained specifically in DUI stops. Um, they do this so uh, their cases uh, can be prosecuted without being dismissed. So these cops are knowledgeable. So the first thing they're going to do is shine those uh, lights in your eyes to see if your eyes are dilated. A certain way which would show uh, intoxication of alcohol but that's the way so these officers have been trained to look for certain indicators or something in your eyes but the one thing we know is these most of these officers aren't drug recognition experts so they really can't testify that at trial it's just a little ploy for them to get to the next part of their investigation they're right now hunching 
right? They're, it's like a little hunch. So it's that's a, it's a fear game. Fear it's, game. It's they want to see. They want to see you sweat. They okay, so you're nervous. He pulls you over. You you know you smell like alcohol a little bit. But the first thing he does, he shines the uh, light in your eyes. He says, "License, registration, insurance, please." What else is he doing at that moment in time? What, what's he look? How's he examining you? I, I'd say it's a lot like poker. You know, he's uh, looking at uh, you know just like a poker player. They'll read other poker players. This cop is uh, he's reading me. He's seeing if I'm nervous. Um, he's seeing uh, if my movements are coordinated. Am I fumbling around? Am I slurring words? Am I agitated? He's just he's reading my body language. Don't you just love that as an officer, the fumbling around? How many times did I have to, as a prosecutor, actually argue this to the jury? Oh, they're fumbling their documents. How many people actually know where their license registration is and insurance is in their vehicle? I, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. So I'm a fumbler, but uh, yeah. So what, what as, as the person who's pulled over, how should I conduct myself? Should I be, uh, this is the should number. I automatically reach for my license? In any stop, any stop, regardless of if you've been drinking or not. If anytime you get pulled over, um, the first thing you should do is, uh, if it's night out, turn on the light right above your, uh, you know, your your light right above your um, good idea. Uh, rear view. Um, and then the next thing you should do is put both hands on the wheel and do not remove them until the officer gets to your car. You have to remember that each time the officer approaches a, a vehicle, his life is in jeopardy. Um, so the first thing you want to do when you get pulled over is create, um, you know, uh, an atmosphere of the cop where he knows that it's safe so when you get pulled over if it's dark out you hit the lights the next step put both hands on the wheel and do not remove them until the officer comes and knocks on your window yeah but why, why not just get your license and registration beforehand because like but i'm just saying like playing devil's advocate okay you just want to have that information prepared for the officer right well the, a, a lot of you know when when an officer comes to your window it, it it's not necessarily going to be an arrest a lot of it depends on his mood and his determinant his his decision so let me so, ask you this, Joel. Is he looking at you when he pulls you over and he has his lights on? Is he looking at you from when he pulls you over? He's in his driver's seat. Is he looking at your moments, your movements in the car? Without question, his life is in his, his life is on the line. So he's making sure that as soon as the stop happens, that you're not reaching to a glove compartment. Because, you know, this is Florida. A lot of people do carry firearms. I, I have my own concealed weapons permit. Um, these are stuff the, the officers always think about. So when you're reaching, you know, for what you are reaching for a, a, a license, you know, a registration to the cop that's behind you, it, it could be looking like you're reaching for this weapon out and scare yes. you even more. So, well, Joel, you actually bring up a, a great point. Let's say I'm, I'm, I have a concealed weapons permit and I have a gun on me. What's my procedure? Cop comes to the window. Do I tell him that immediately? I, my procedure, you do not have to, but I think honesty is the best policy. The first thing I do when after, you know, after I turn, turn on the light, if it's dark outside and put my hands on the wheel, when the cop comes to my window, I roll down the window. I say, officer, I do have my CWP on me. He'll ask me where it is. I'll show it to him. Um, I'll give him my actual uh, license. Um, this type of honesty, it almost kind of um, relaxes the officer, I feel. It shows, you know, that you're, you're not trying to lie. Um, if you do have a concealed weapons permit, too, it also shows that you have passed a background check, that you are not, a, you know, a felon, a, a, a criminal. That's a great point. 
Um, so I, I particularly do like to be honest. Um, I know my firearm is legal. Um, I know I have all my ducks in a row. My license is valid. So I do um, show the officer my uh, license and I do show him my CWP. A lot of the times they won't even ask me to get the concealed weapon permit out of the car. Just by giving them the license, they almost have developed a sense of trust with you. And they don't even really care where your guns are at that, at that stage. Good thing. Tell the listeners that you've been pulled over before. Honesty right from the start. That's good. That's it's good. I mean, I will be see. honest. Yeah. Me and Albert were heading to uh, uh, Brevard on a recent. That was our first client yeah. together. Right? That was our first client. Uh, I did uh, talk my way out of. I think I was going, uh, you know, in excess of ninety on the the uh, on uh, Alleg- allegedly 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 going over ninety on four seventeen, and the officer did let me go with a warning. But you did you did say that right away. The first thing I can say Joel did is first thing before he even asked driver's license registration. He's like, I have my concealed weapons permit. If you need to see it, here it is. The gun is place where it needs to be if you need to see it here oh, it is. you know we are criminal defense but we are not um we're not against officers these officers what they do is protect us and uh you know what we want to do is make them feel safe you know not only when we get pulled over but when anyone else gets pulled over. well we are going to hold them to the our, their burden and the state to their burden they're we're going to make them do their job and if they do their investigations wrongly we're going to hold hold them to that but that's why it's important that by these questions you're asking us it's important for our listeners to know like what, what happens if they're conducting an investigation why what am i going to do if i give them too much information it's just going to make our jobs a lot harder yes yes we don't we, we they're not on our side but we, we we treat them we treat these officers with respect not only because it's the right thing to do but also because it makes the stop go smoother you know it's common sense if yeah. you're if you're rude to your waiter you, you're probably not going to like what you get and served these officers have a different interpretation than a lot of people like most some people in society will see something a stop differently we'll see stuff differently than an officer they still have a job to do we have to respect them in their job but if they do their wrong job wrongfully we're going to attack them in court we're going to hold them to their burden and the judge will be able to and that's where we get into suppression issues and other things so i hand my license and registration over to him he goes back to his car runs whatever he needs to he comes back he tells me he wants me to step out of the car before he does that even what he like when Joel said with the flashlight and stuff like that, he's going to be fishing. He's going to be uh, looking at the flashlight, looking at indicators of impairment. Asking and, questions, where were you? And that's okay. the most important thing. The asking questions. The case law is very, very clear. There's a case back from early 1980s. It's Burkmeyer versus. It's a Supreme Court case, McCarthy, which pretty much says that officers are allowed to ask basic roadside questionings to anyone. So they're about allowed to ask you, where are you coming from? Um, what did you have to drink today? Um, um, is there anything wrong with you? And these questions are okay in court. Is that be- is it beneficial for me to be honest? It's and here's the thing. It's always good to be honest. But if you admit, yeah, I was coming from a bar at three drinks. Bingo. Okay, I smell alcohol. Your eyes are glassy. Let me conduct a DUI investigation. And the thing to note is, once they conduct a DUI investigation, they want evidence of the, of your guilt to prove in courts. And once they're conducting a DUI investigation. That goes into the reasonable suspicion versus probable cause standard. They have to have probable cause to do a DUI investigation. Would you agree, Joel? Yes. And then once they have probable cause, unless that you just perform miraculously on all these exercises, they already have indicators that they think you're impaired. They're going to arrest you. By you giving them more information and more evidence, it's just going to help the state attorney at trial. And then you're not going to get the deal that you want. By giving them no evidence, 
sir, you already told me you you. This is why we asked, Joe. Okay, let this me. Is, this is what what I like to to say. When when a cop asks you that first question, again, it goes back into you don't want to be confrontational. Don't want to be a dick with, with these, these cops with these right. officers. It right. never never serves well. <laughs> However, you can say this. Officer, my family has retained private counsel, a private attorney. This attorney has advised us to not answer any questions to any officer, regardless of the situation, if I'm not there. You're going to just piss off the officer. You know that. You know yes, that, right? but you say it respectfully. You say, with all respect, my parents have hired or, you know, I have, if, if you're not, uh, uh, you know, if you're not still off the teat of mom and dad, if you're <laughs> independent, you know, you say, you know, I have. Um, independent counsel and respectfully with all due respect officer they have advised me not to answer any questions whenever I get pulled over you're not That's entitled it. to an attorney now Joel you're not entitled to an attorney I'm the officer you're not an attorney so so you're gonna still keep that same position yes and Why? they are gonna they are gonna be aggressive with you again a lot of times these officers they create impression of arrest they intimidate what you have to do is stay calm during the storm. They're gonna start coming back at you and you stand firm and say, officer, my attorney advised me not to answer questions without him present. Here is my ID, which is all you have to really present during a traffic stop is the driver's license. So we're looking at probably a double refusal, which is something we'll get into on later shows, like a double refusal, just so you know, Angela, mm-hmm. a double refusal is like where you're refusing field sobriety exercises and you're refusing a breath test on a DUI investigation. That's pretty much, you're giving them no evidence. Oh, okay, you think I'm guilty of DUI? You smell alcohol? Here you go, take me to jail. I'm not doing any of your tests. Have that prove that in the court of law. But by you being aggressive, like Joel saying, okay, be aggressive, they're gonna say, oh, your behaviors, you're acting erratic, and that's an indicator of you being impaired. Mm. So it's just so, some things to look at. Yet, officers, of course, they want you to give them information. They want as much evidence as possible, but by you not giving them anything or giving them what they want, they're gonna be annoyed by you. Most likely, you're gonna go to jail. And so. that's the number one thing we, we tell people. We, we advise clients all the time. You can never avoid the ride, but you have to realize the difference between an arrest and a conviction. Exactly. An arrest does not matter. You go uh, to the drunk tank, you bond out, um, you're out the next day. Um, you know, if you have not given them anything, if you haven't taken the FSEs, the field sobriety exercises, if you didn't blow, now their case is garbage. They will not convict you. They will not win in court. That is the, the ultimate goal for them is to win in court. So let's go with that example you gave, Angela, the beating one, two drinks. Let me ask you this. You had two drinks two hours ago. You get pulled over. Um, you don't, the officer arrests you and he doesn't ask you to take the breath test for another hour. So it's been three hours since. Mm. Are you taking that breath test with two drinks in your system? Most likely all the alcohol is, just, is gone. But let's just say you took the breath test and you have a 0.04 in your system. The limit's 0.08. Now coming from Brevard County and being a prosecutor and seeing how those people prosecute, it doesn't matter if you have a 0.04 or 0.02. They will not drop your case. They will try and argue that, oh, you're impaired by this 0.02 alcohol. Oh, but what will officers do? Let's just say that they think something else is wrong with you. You're lethargic in your actions. They say, I want you to take a urine test. Well, let's just say that your doctor has prescribed you something that you don't feel comfortable sharing with someone. Maybe it is you're taking a controlled substance. Maybe you take something every single day 
eight o'clock in the morning, but it's always going to show up in your system. You take that urine test in and something shows up, they're going to be like, oh, not only were you impaired by alcohol, you were impaired by this controlled substance. And now you've just given them more evidence to argue. But if you say, no, I'm not going to take the breath test. You don't have any evidence of me. I'm not taking any of your tests. You can hire an attorney like us. We have 10 days to do an administrating hearing with the DMV, and we can still try and win your license back before the suspension happens. Yeah, you're still going to have the court case, right, Joel? Yes. But, but then what is what is a defense attorney supposed to do? That's why we're here. Litigation, motions to suppress, other types of avenues to try and get the best deal we can for our client. But like jumping into something like consent, I know you wanted to talk about consent, mm-hmm. so I'll just be quiet and let you get into that. No, no, well, the, the question I have, so this is all fascinating. So uh, officer comes up, he's uh, obviously suspecting me of impaired driving, tells me to get out of the car, he wants to take the breathalyzer test or, or you know, do the exercises. The advice I'm hearing then is to refuse that. Correct, or am I am I getting that wrong? You you're getting it right. You okay. Ref- do not take the FSEs. Do not do the breathalyzer. Again, you cannot avoid the ride. You're gonna you might take a ride down to the jail, but when you hire competent, great attorneys like us, you haven't given the other side, the other team, any ammo. They have no evidence. It's just it's comical it's, to me these exercises. Yes, the, the FSEs are hilarious, and you know. I watch them on live PD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> on the live PD show. Yes, they're they're, they're hilarious. But you know, if 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 you are you know if you're not drunk to the point where you can use your faculties, you can use your common sense. Then remember what I'm telling you: do not take the FSEs, do not blow. You might go to jail. You might not avoid the jail ride, but that's okay. All you're really trying to avoid is a conviction. <laughs> and by and by not giving the state any evidence, you make our job easier. You make it easier for us to go to the to the state attorney that's prosecuting you on the DUI and get you a deal. Get it thrown out even. Get it moved to a reckless. So the less you give, the better. Now, I've got an interesting question here. I'm going to throw something out. Uh, I do not drink. I don't drink when I'm out. What if I get pulled over, I am 100% positive that I've got no medication in my system other than maybe some Tylenol from dealing with my kids, right? <laughs> and and I've had Diet Cokes all night long. Would you advise? I mean, uh, at that point. You take it. You take the breath test. Yeah, you don't at, do the field sobriety yeah, exercises, You don't right? do the FSC, but I would take the breath, the breath, the intoxic take. I would take the breathalyzer test. The only thing I would caution is just make sure you weren't, do, you know, cough syrup does have alcohol in it that has triggered yes that has triggered so just be conscious of what you've consumed if you have been sick and you have been doing NyQuil the last three nights you know maybe then you're going to you know you're reverting back to if you had two beers and then you're not taking FSE and you're not blowing just to give you an example of these FSEs one example I'm just going to give because this will be something way we could do a whole show on this on its own Uh, one legged stands an officer wants you to stand on one leg for 30 seconds with your hands down by your side. If you put your down your foot down once, that's a clue. An officer's always going to say you're swaying side for side because how many people can... I legit- can't do that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So all it takes on that exercise is for two out of eight clues that okay. the officers can find. If they see two out of eight, you're impaired according to their scale, according to their reliability of exercises. Are you kidding me? So I, can- I put my foot down or I sway a little bit and they're going to think I'm impaired? Why would you ever do that stuff? 
And like most jurors, that's why a lot of jurors, uh, defense attorneys takes these to, to trial because a reasonable person put in that same position will realize you can tell if someone's really impaired by the video of their driving pattern. You don't need them to do field sobriety by the way they're talking on the videos with the officers. Come on. A lot of these times, these people are five or 50 pounds overweight and you're asking a really big guy to stand on to one do yoga, To do yoga at night in the middle of the road. Yoga. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing. Like I could probably do them now because of all the yoga I'm doing. It helps. Like if you do yoga or your gymnastics, do them. You're really good at this. But yes, yeah, so ag- agreed. Do not take the FSCs. If you haven't been drinking, you know, think about what you have consumed. Even if it's not alcohol, you know, NyQuil has been known to trigger these mouthwash. But other than that, you're probably safe. If you're sober, um, you're, 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 you're pretty much safe to go. Go ahead and blow. Because then you won't lose the license and you won't have to hire us to go to an admin hearing, um, you know, to get your license back. So what I'm hearing is by basically taking these tests, I'm just building the case against myself as I go along. Yes. I would agree with that. With with that, that is all you are doing. The only reason why a lot of people do do this is because one of the things the cops will say is, you know, you by refusing this, you know, you do lose your license. It, by it's, consent. Yep. It's by consent. It's when we sign, when we get our licenses, we're, we're told this. So, you know, that scares a lot of people. Again, a lot of what the, the officers have is fear. Um, when people are scared, they do not act rationally. It's just, it's natural human behavior. So they put you in a scenario where they're telling you, we're going to take your license for a set amount. Of, well, you know, the, the young girl that's very scared about her parents' reaction, she, you know, starts talking, singing like a songbird, but um, no, we, we advise against. Uh, uh, that's fascinating. So I, I, I take the ride, I, I go in, I bond out, I guess the first thing I need to do is, is call some good attorney. <laughs> call Bazzotti. Call Bazzotti and Osborne. <laughs> I think we'll be able to do a good job for you. Yeah, uh, call Bazzotti and Osborne. Um, you know, when you see the lights, you have to know your rights. It's one of the few scenarios when when you see those lights go on a cop car. Um, all of your constitutional uh, protections just come into play. The Fourth Amendment uh, against uh, you know illegal search and seizure, due process. Your uh, Eighth Amendment against cruel and unusual punishment. Your Fifth Amendment against testifying against yourself. No other situation does your constitutional liberties just you know are so affected as this scenario. So it's just so important that you you do hire competent representation. That's cute. Did you come up with that slogan yourself? I like that one. You know the rights? I, I did. I, I thought about it in law school. That's basically what I was doing in law school was just was, was plotting. I like that one. That should be that should be the motto of our firm, right? Uh, hey, if you see the lights, know your rights. So, Albert, you were on the other side when you were a prosecutor. And so you saw these types of cases coming through all the time. Uh, what would you say the thing that stuck out the most? Was it the fact that so many people took... So the field sobriety exercises? It's or? a script. Every single officer does the exact same thing. And it's so funny, especially the drug recognition experts. Their reports are pretty much emulated exactly the same. They type off the same report and then they'll just change the names, the same indicators of impairment. Um, what, what these what just normal citizens don't understand is they're scared. They're put in this position and an officer tells them, well, if you don't take that, I'm going to make a decision on what I have in front of me now. Well, you pretty much are asking me to do field sobriety exercises. 
so you're going to arrest me. Don't listen to this BS at an office. There's like, well, you can change my mind. Oh yeah, of course, if I perform perfectly, but when you only need two clues out of eight on an exercise to prove you're impaired, oh yeah, you're gonna change your mind. That doesn't happen. They, they have you on video. They're just trying to build a case against you. Why give them any more evidence? You wanna, you wanna help yourself? Be quiet. You're going be, to be a man or a yeah, woman. You're going take, to jail for eight hours. That's yeah, it. take the ride. It's not Oz. I know HBO's done a great job <laughs> of just making making prison. This is jail. Jail is different than prison. Just just for you know <laughs> yeah. to to put that out there. But um, you'll be fine. Bond out. Um, five hundred dollar bond, right? DUI, first time DUI, five hundred. Is that bond. what the I was going to ask? Five hundred dollars, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you have multiple, multiple DUIs, they might put a scram monitor on you. The bond might be higher. Yeah. But even if you had a second DUI, DUI, it's probably going to be two thousand dollar bond. But what Albert says is a great point. Uh, a lot of people don't realize first time DUI is just a misdemeanor. It is not a felony. Um, it is a case that can be. Uh, you can poke so many holes in the state's defense or the state's case. Um, you can bring a good defense, but it starts with knowing your rights when you get pulled over. I think that's a perfect spot to stop. I appreciate both of you going through this. Again, I am clueless with this, so it's always helpful to have you both walking me through it. And we'll take on a new topic on our next episode. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Know Your Rights podcast with Orlando attorneys Albert Bazzotti and Joel Osborne. For more information, feel free to reach out to them on the web at beoslaw.com, B-E-O-S-L-A-W.com, or call them at 407-421-1535.